second Maccabees are in the chapel. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If we could enter into this part of the service in prayer, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. Worthy God, you're so worthy, God. We anamokatie, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a great and mighty God you are right now in this place, Lord Jesus. Lord, if you could prepare our hearts, O oh God, for the word that we're going to receive, O oh God, this morning, Lord, that we could prepare our own hearts, if we could prepare our mind and our spirit, Lord Jesus, to receive from you tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Great and glorious and mighty are your ways, O God. You are perfect, O God. You know what we have need of even before we ask. Hallelujah, Lord. We have no idea, O God, what you're going to be doing today in this service. We have no idea, Lord Jesus, what's about to take place, O God. But we want to be prepared in our mind and our spirit. Father, to receive your engrafted word, O God, Lord, that's able to save us and deliver us every moment of every day. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, great and mighty God, great and mighty God, great and mighty God. Oh, worthy God, worthy God, you're worthy God, you're worthy God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Revelations 4 and 8, it says, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, O God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him, he sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. For the four and twenty elders... Fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him with, that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Thou, that thou, for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they were and are and were created. Amen. If those beasts which in the mind of God are already singing and saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Amen. How much more should we be doing that down here on this earth? Amen. I don't know about you, but I just want, I believe that we need to entertain the presence of God. I believe that we need to create an atmosphere for God to speak to us 
in this place, through this man of God this morning, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you would help us in our worship, not just to sing three songs so that we can do our duty, O God, but that we could worship you, God, with the words of every song, that we could turn our hearts and our minds away from the cares of this life and turn our hearts and minds towards you, God, that you, O God, would enter into this place in a mighty way, Lord, and minister, Lord, to your people in this place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty, for He is worthy to receive glory. He's worthy to receive honor, worthy to receive all our praise today. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. If we could just close our eyes and worship Him right now. For He is worthy to receive glory. He's worthy to receive honor. Worthy to receive all our praise today. Come on and praise Him. Praise Him and lift Him up. Come on and praise Him. Let us exalt His name forever. Come on and praise Him. Oh, praise Him and lift Him up. Oh, I praise Him. Let us exalt His name forever. For He is holy, holy, holy. He's holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty, for He is worthy to receive glory. He's worthy to receive honor, worthy to receive all our praise today. Let's praise Him. Come on and praise Him. Praise Him and lift Him up. Oh, come on, praise Him. Let us exalt His name forever. Praise Him. Praise Him and lift Him up. Come on, let's praise Him. 
Let us exalt His name forever, for He is holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. For he is worthy to receive glory, thee to receive honor, worthy to receive all our praise. Let's praise him, church. Let's lift our hands and lift our hearts, lift our minds. Oh, God, this is not just some mindless thing that we do, God. This is not some just mindless thing that we do. We lift up our hearts, our mind, our spirit, our soul, our every being, oh, God. Every part of us, oh, God. We worship you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify your name. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus' name. Let's not forget our men's and ladies' gatherings here next Saturday at 8 for the men and 10 for the ladies. Amen. We're going to continue in our lessons with the men, and I'm, the ladies are going to do whatever the ladies are going to do. Jesus' name. Next Saturday. Everybody say, next Saturday. Everybody say, Daylight Savings Time. Amen. We're turning the clocks forward next Saturday night when you go to bed. Otherwise, you're going to be walking in, is it early or late? <laughs> late. You're going to be late. You're going to wonder why everybody's already up and doing their thing. Hallelujah. So that doesn't mean, don't, that doesn't mean forget to set your clocks forward. <laughs> don't forget, next Saturday. Save our children offering due March 17th. Just a quick reminder there. Faith Promise Service scheduled for April 7th here at the church. One service. We're having a special speaker from right here in the state of Wisconsin. Amen. A great man of God that's a home missions pastor in Stoughton, Wisconsin, is going to come and minister to us for our Faith Promise Service. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Well, I lean on you, Lord. I lean on you, Lord, for the things that I need. I lean on you when I don't know what to do. I've got to pray you're going to see me through to supply my every need. I lean on you. Come on. Well, I lean on you, Lord. I lean on you, Lord. For the things that I need, I lean on you. Oh, when I don't know what to do, I've got the faith you're going to see me through to supply my every need. I lean on you. Don't lean to your own understanding. I lean on you, Lord. Well, I lean on you, Lord. 
Oh, for the things that I need, I lean on you. Oh, when I don't know what to do, I've got the faith you're going to see me through. To supply my every need, I lean on you. One more time. Well, I lean on you, Lord. Well, I lean on you, Lord. Yes, I do. For the things that I need, I lean on you. Seek Him first. Oh, when I don't know what to do, I've got the faith you're going to see me through to supply my every need. Lean on you. We lean on you, Lord Jesus. We need you today. We need you this very hour. We need you this very moment. We need you every day, Lord, every minute of every day. We need you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. All the saints and angels, they bow before your throne. All the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. All the saints and angels will bow before your throne. All the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing. You are worthy of it all. Yes, Jesus. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory.
Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Oh, day and night, night and day, let incense Rise, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee, O Lord, I exalt I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee, oh Lord. Let's sing that one more time. I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee, O Lord. I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee, I exalt Thee, You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy of it all. From you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Only Jesus Christ is worthy of worship and praise. Only Jesus Christ is worthy to receive all glory and all honor. Hallelujah, Jesus. All worship and all praise are His. 
Majesty, power, strength, and might are His. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship You today. Hallelujah, Jesus. We laud and we magnify You in this place today. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We will delight to worship You. We will delight to magnify You in this place today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. What a privilege it is to lift His name up. What an honor it is to magnify the name of Jesus Christ in this place. Amen. To thank Him for all that He's done for us. He's wrought wondrously in our lives, folks. He's wrought gloriously in our midst. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to be doing this an awful lot in heaven. I've heard people say that's boring. I used to think that. That's going to be boring. That's... But... uh, but I, I think, at least in my case, I don't know about other people, that, that's an ignorant position. It's a position of ignorance. Uh, I didn't know. I, I didn't have a maybe a complete picture of who Jesus was and how worthy he is and what he's done in my life. We're going to do a lot of things in heaven, but worship is one of them. I am so thankful for what he did for me. I am so thankful that one day, amen, I wasn't seeking him, he sought me, and he found me, and that day, that one day, changed my eternal destiny forever. Thank God for his mercy and for his grace. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Uh, Our scripture text today will be found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 54. We'll read verses 1 through 5. Isaiah, chapter 54, and verses 1 through 5. Amen. Beginning with verse 1, the Bible states this. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy Maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. We want to talk on this topic. The church is expecting. 
the church, church is expecting. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We're so thankful for the message that we are about to receive. Let your name be magnified and glorified in this place. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you. Amen. I was speaking with someone last week about uh, doctor visits, seeing the doctor, and uh, they were saying that they have this uh, kind of a policy that uh, they will speak to the doctor first, and they will say, uh, you know that all you can do is treat my condition. Only Jesus can heal. I was like, that's pretty good. Yeah, that sounds like Bible. That sounds right. And based on the doctor's reaction to that, they'll either stay with them or go find someone else. And they were telling me they found this one doctor, and they said that to this doctor. The doctor leans back in her chair and just laughs and says, Do you know what a relief that is to hear? Do you know what a burden you've just taken off of my shoulders? You're absolutely right. I can't heal anybody. All I can do is treat the condition. Sometimes I can't even do that. But I thought about that for a little while. As good and as true as that is, um, that applies in a lot of areas in our lives, I believe. When it comes to witnessing, teaching Bible studies, when it comes to people's salvation. We've heard a lot of preaching and teaching, and I don't retract any of it, that we have a responsibility to the city. We have a responsibility to those who haven't heard that they do hear that we do testify of the light that we've received of Jesus Christ. That's all absolutely true. But let's place that in proper perspective, though, shall we? I can't save anyone, and neither can you. If they be, if they be saved, that's between them and Jesus Christ. Only Jesus saves. We don't save. We can lead them to the one that can save. We can lead them to the one that can heal, that can deliver, that can provide, that can restore. But we can't do any of those things ourselves. All we can do is witness to them of the one that can. That's where our responsibility starts, and that's where our responsibility ends. After the introduction is made, then it's between them and God. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to pray. I'm going to continue to encourage them, speak word into their lives, all of that. But it's their decision to make. It's their decision to make. And that ought to take a great big weight off of us today. That it is not our responsibility. I teach someone a Bible study. That's my responsibility. No. In the case of the doctor, yeah, the doctor can't heal anybody, but they still go to school for about 1,500 years. They get all these degrees. They spend millions of dollars or whatever it is. Uh, to get these degrees, they got to get licensed. they got to continue to get certified and all of that stuff for the privilege of treating people. But they can't heal anyone. Likewise, we as Christians, we got to go through a similar process. Even though it's not up to us whether people be saved or not, we still have to apply ourselves. We have to learn and we have to grow. We have to study the Word of God. We need to be apt to teach. We need to understand who we are in Jesus Christ. We need to reflect Jesus in all that we do, say, and think. We need to understand the covenant promises are given to us to be used for his behalf, for his glory, to advance his kingdom. 
We need to be practiced in that. We shouldn't be uncomfortable if someone, we're talking to someone, it, it, they don't have 7-Elevens around here. Hey, quick trip. Do they? Oh, okay. I haven't seen one. Uh, hey, quick trip. At the restaurant, grocery store, whatever. We shouldn't be afraid or, or intimidated or, or, or weirded out. Hey, can you pray for me? I got this going on. You should be able to boldly slap a big old meat fist on there and pray for them. There's nothing wrong with that. Everything right with that. But we get intimidated. People are going to be watching. That is good. Because what are people going to see? They're going to see Jesus in you. They're going to see Jesus in me. What did Jesus do? He said, well, talk to me later when all the crowds have disappeared. Come over to my house. We'll do this one-on-one. He didn't do any of that. He was very bold. He was very confident. Why was he bold? Why was he confident? Because he knew. He knew what would happen when he prayed for someone. He was persuaded. He was convinced of what would happen when he prayed for someone. The reason we're not bold, the reason we're not confident, is because we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Should we know? We should know to a point. We should know that God's purpose is going to be accomplished here. Right? Because he wants us to pray for them. This door of opportunity has been opened to us. We ought to step through that confidently, boldly. I'm going to pray for someone's healing. I don't know what God's going to do. I'm going to pray for someone to receive the Holy Ghost. I don't know if they're going to receive the Holy Ghost. I think that that argument... People won't pray for a healing for someone because they don't know what God's will is. They don't know if it's going to happen. Okay, fair enough. But, uh, you know, every time I pray for someone to get the Holy Ghost, they don't always get it. So, should I conclude that it's... Well, maybe God doesn't want to give them the Holy Ghost right now. I don't know about that either. I think he wants them to have the Holy Ghost right now. So, this idea that I can apply that argument in one area and not another, and that doesn't just apply to healing. It can apply to any other thing. But we need to know what God's will is, folks. We ought to know what God's will is. At least generally speaking. Does God want me to pray for this person or no? I think he does. Does God want me to talk to this person at the restaurant? I can't get this this idea out of my head. Maybe it's just me. Well, I know it's not me because I'm an introvert. I don't just walk up and talk to people. That's not me. Is it the devil? Well, I know it's not the devil because he doesn't want me talking to anyone about God. So who's left? Must be God. So now again, I got a choice to make. Do I follow through with what God is telling me to do? Or do I make an excuse? Do I find a reason not to? I've done both in the past. 
I've obeyed, and I've found a reason not to. Nothing happens when I find a reason not to. At least for that person. God wants us bold. God wants us emboldened. Do you think the enemy is fearful? Do you think the enemy is intimidated or, 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 or scared? He ought to be. But I don't think he is. Just look at it out there. He is so emboldened and so arrogant. And everything is right in your face. And what are you going to do about it? That rubs my rhubarb, folks. I don't like that one bit. Not one bit at all. We need to be ready to teach. We need to be ready to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the healing, the salvation, the provision, whatever it is, that's up to God and God alone. We understand that. 1 Corinthians 3, 6, and 7 says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So that neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. However, I would add that it is true that God is looking for people to work through. I don't know why he set it up like that, but that's how he set it up. He's not going to move sovereignly. He's going to move on you to move and me to move. He's going to speak through you. He's going to act through you. When it comes to getting victory over our enemy, folks, without God, our enemy is too powerful for us. He's too smart. I, I think he's stupid in many areas. But that doesn't negate the fact that his intellect is far superior than mine. He's been around a whole lot longer than I have. He studied human nature a whole lot longer and and more thoroughly than I have. He knows the word of God better than I do. He's too powerful for me. But, through God, he's a joke. He's nothing. He's defeated. And I don't mind talking about him like that. He's a joke, folks. Compared to God? Come on. He's nothing. God will allow him some access from time to time for our refining and for our perfection. That's fine. But he'll never defeat a child of God. He'll never have victory over a child of God. If you look at David versus Goliath, if you take God out of the picture... That's a ridiculous encounter. Goliath ends up as a stain on the ground. Or David does. Goliath walks up to him and steps on him. And he's, he's done. He's a squishy spot. Now you're really going to send someone to fight me? That's the fight without God. But with God, it's equally ludicrous, but just reversed. A sling finds a chink in his armor, and he's dead. That's ridiculous. That's like 25 cheat codes all at once. 
that's that's how it is to serve God. It's a cheat code. God just makes things happen in our favor. God just ends up giving us victory. That's how I see it anyway. Anyway, yeah, I can explain it to you later. <laughs> Video game stuff. Yeah, I know, I know. <clears throat> when God fights for us, the odds are completely reversed. They're completely swapped around. We prepare, we don the full armor of God, we pray and fast, but God fights the battle, folks. And God's the one that gives the victory. Amen. There is an enemy that has come up against this church for decades. I hear little snippets of it. I hear bits and pieces of it. But it's been coming against you guys for decades. Why? As I see it, because the enemy sees you as a threat. That's how I see it. He doesn't bother people who are already defeated. You see a dead soldier on the battlefield, there's nothing I need to do here. Uh, We're good to go here. Let's find a live soldier to kill. If you weren't a threat, he'd leave you alone. But he doesn't, and he hasn't. We have so many examples in Scripture about God fighting our battles. And yet, when we encounter a battle, sometimes we feel like we don't know what to do. Sometimes we feel like this is all on us, this is my responsibility, and if I don't do everything right, I'm going to lose and it's going to be my fault. And I'm here to tell you today, folks, that's not the case. Yes, you have responsibilities. Yes, there is a part for us to play in the battle. But at the end of the day, folks, the result of the battle is God's, not yours. God is the one that fights the battle. He's the one that gives the victory. We look at the book of Exodus. Moses is the one that brought the nation of Israel out with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. Huh? No. Oh, that's right. God used Moses. But it was God that did it, right? God brought them out. They didn't do anything except what they were told. Moses, you go here, you lift up your staff, and you say this. Do it at this time. Okay. He did it. God did the miracle. Time and time and time again. They they were trapped by the Red Sea. There's no way that they had the skill or the manpower to do anything about it. But God could, and he did, all by himself. All Moses did was cried out to God. Gideon had a bunch of people on his side, too many. Cut him down a little bit, still too many. Had like a couple platoons then. That's about all he had left. Okay. This is what I'm going to use. Just to demonstrate to you, Gideon, that it's not you, it's me. It's me winning the victory. Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat prayed to the Lord. The army was too tough. The enemy was too strong. God said, you're not even going to have to fight this one. I got it. You just show up and watch. They showed up. They got an array, 
He dispatched people that would praise the Lord for his be- the beauty of holiness. And God did the victory. God fought for Israel. The three lepers who, pro- who found provision. There's so many others, uh, examples that we could give of God fighting battles for his people. God representing his people in battle. Giving them the victory. So when we get into the next battle, folks, we don't have to be scared. We don't have to be intimidated. Yes, in and of ourselves, it's probably going to be too much for us. I'll, I'll concede that. But with God, nothing is too hard for us. With God, everything is possible. And with God, every battle is victorious. Every one. You will never lose a battle with God on your side. Yeah, but... But my eyes are still messed up. My health is still shot. Yeah, but... I'm still needing food. I'm still... I'm still struggling with with this or that. You're still fighting. But God's going to give you the victory. You're going to get the victory. Sometimes he'll get it through you. And sometimes he'll just tell you to stand aside and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. But in any case, God fights for his people. Exodus 15:6 says, Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Isaiah 42:13 says, The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. Isaiah 45:2 says, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I'll break in pieces the, the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. Whatever's in your way, whatever's hindering you, whatever's coming against you, I'll take care of it. Just put your trust in me. I'll take care of it for you. Isaiah 52:12 says, You'll not go out with haste, nor go out by flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard, rear reward. Deuteronomy 9:3, Understand therefore this day, understand it, folks. That the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee. As a consuming fire he shall destroy them. And he shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord hath said unto thee. There's no enemy that can stand against us, folks. None. And I'm building up to something, so hold on. Second Chronicles 32, 7 and 8 says, Be strong and courageous, be not afraid nor dis- dismayed for the king of Assyria nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when Sennacherib came up against him. <clears throat> Hezekiah cried out to the, the God of Israel, and God answered wondrously, just like he always does. Second Thessalonians 1.6 I was surprised to see this in the New Testament Seeing it is a righteous thing with God To recompense tribulation to them that trouble you I don't ever remember seeing that before I love the word of God Amen Deuteronomy 33.27 The eternal God is thy refuge And underneath are the everlasting arms 
and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, Destroy them. Proverbs 20, 22 says, Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait upon the Lord, and he shall save thee. Genesis 12, 3, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Folks, you have a very highly favored position with God. Please understand that. God is on your side. God identifies himself with you. You are his child. He loves you, and he desires to fight your battles for you. Amen. Psalm 18:47. it is God that avengeth me, and subdueth the people under me. Psalm 35, 1 through 3, plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler, and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear, and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Jeremiah 1.8 says, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. You don't have to be afraid of anyone or anything, folks, any situation, circumstance. Don't be afraid, but call out to God, and he will deliver you in your time of need. I promise you that, in accordance with the, the, the holy word of God, I promise you, he will deliver you. He will fight for you. Second Chronicles 20, 12 through 17. O, Lord, o our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. You ever been there? I have. But our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. I have to imagine at this point, the proclamation went forth, the request went out, and then silence. Everyone was just waiting for a response. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehiel, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation, and he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. And thou King Jehoshaphat, Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And he most gloriously was. Amen. Exodus 14:13 and 14 says, Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians, your enemy, the circumstances and situations you're facing right now, whom ye have seen today, shall ye see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Praise God. Isaiah 41, 11 through 13 says, Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them, and shall not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing, and as a thing of naught. For the Lord, I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. And Psalm 44 and 3 says, For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, Neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. Amen. It's not up to us. The responsibilities that God has given us, we need to discharge faithfully. 
We need to pray and fast. We need to seek the Lord. We need to, we need to be studied and ready and practiced in these things. Amen. When you get into a life and death circumstance, that's not the time to start learning how to pray. That's not the time to start looking up deliverance scriptures. That needs to be done beforehand. You need to be practiced at these things, these tools, these weapons that God has given us. God will use them mightily in your behalf. Our scripture text. This was the one that was used during our installation service. And I thought that explained perfectly how I felt coming here. The idea that we need to enlarge our tent, stretch forth the curtains of thy inhabitation, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. I'm not saying definitively that things are going to start happening tomorrow. I'm not given any specific timeline, but here's what I am saying. At this point in time, church, I see a cloud on the horizon the size of a man's fist, and we need to get ready for rain. That's what I'm saying, because it's going to come fast. At this point, it's going to come fast. God will build his church. God builds his church. We plant, we water. God gives the increase. Acts 2 and 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. God adds to the church. Matthew 16:18. I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will build my church. I'll use you to do it. I'll work through you. I'll speak through you. But I'm the one building it. I'm the one adding to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. John 12:32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Who's doing the drawing? Jesus is doing the drawing. Psalm 40 and 3. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. We continue to lift him up, folks. Continue to magnify him, worship and praise him. That will draw people unto himself. Mark 16:20. They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. The word comes through our mouths. God confirms it. God works through it. Amen. Just like Moses. And Moses said the word, God backed it up. Moses couldn't back anything up. God can back everything up. John 12:24 says, "Verily, verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone." But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Who died? Jesus died. He was referring to himself. His death is the one that brings forth much fruit. He's the one that saves. 
He's the one that delivers. He's the one that calls us when we were long ways off. He's the one that fills us with his spirit. He's the one that forgives us of our sins. He's the one that adopts us into his family. He's the one that puts a spirit of holiness inside of us, a desire to serve and to please him. It's all him, folks. It's all God. Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No one's saved. No one's healed in the name of Rob. No one. But all kinds of people are in the name of Jesus. So let's preach Jesus. Amen. Let's testify Jesus to people. Let's introduce them to Jesus. And let's see what Jesus will do for them. Praise God. First <clears throat> Samuel 14:6 says, Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. As the pastor of a small church, I get hit with this a lot. Not by people, I believe by the enemy. You don't have enough people to do this. You don't have people to do that. You don't have people to whatever, fill in the blank. I know, I know that we will. I believe the Lord has given me that promise. One of several. But I believe that I have that promise of God. But in the meantime, is that true? Nope. For God can save by many, or he can save by few, or he can even save by one. That's all that's available to him. He can do it. But it's still God that does it. And all the glory goes to him. And I mean that. I mean that with every fiber of my being. I don't want any of it. Why should I get, why should you or anyone else get the glory? We don't do anything. We do what we're told. That's right. And that's, that's our lot in life as, as servants of the kingdom of God. That's not any big thing. We're doing that which is required, the Bible says. We're unprofitable servants. Amen. And that's that's how I see it in my mind. I'm doing what I'm told. Well, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm not in charge. He's in charge. Can he be king today? Thank you. Can I be king today? Thank you so much. <clears throat> I feel like i got to tell myself that from time to time. <clears throat> I'm going to let you be king today, God. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. I'm sure he's thrilled to know that. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 9. I want to rest here just a little bit. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, and the Gergesites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, it's a done deal, folks. It's already happened in the mind of God. 
Thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. And I know there are people that when they, they hear or see verses like this, they get their Christian on and, uh, oh, but that's not very Christian. That doesn't sound very Christian to, to think like that. Folks, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're not fighting people, folks. We're fighting spirits. And the same attitude applies. The same attitude applies toward this enemy as it did then. Thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Don't talk to them. Don't reason with them. Don't listen to what they have to say. Destroy them. Run roughshod over them. Kick them out. Beat them up. They're your enemy. They want to kill you. And I don't care how nice you are to them, and you can try preaching the gospel to them if you'd like, but they're going to try to kill you. They're going to try to destroy your eternal soul. Okay? That's our enemy. That's the enemy that's generating all of that. That's the enemy that's coming against us on a regular basis. can't give any quarter to the enemy. He's not going to give any quarter to you. So don't show mercy to the enemy. Don't coddle him. Don't listen to him. Don't speak with them. Just destroy them. If you have any interaction with them, it's battle. It's war. That's it. You've got to see it this way, folks. Because if you don't see it that way, I know he's a joke when we have Jesus on our side. But at the same time, if you treat him lightly or you take him for granted, he'll sneak up on your six and he'll whack you. And it'll be your fault. And it would be my fault. Because I know better. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto a son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. But thus shall ye deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth the lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people for you were the fewest of all people but because the lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers hath the lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of pharaoh king of egypt did you know that ministers that have come through here brother and sister bell Brother and Sister Parker, others before them, they've received promises from the Lord. They've prayed and they've fasted and they've wept it over this city. There are prayers that have gone up for the people of this city for decades. And God has spoken to them. 
Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. God doesn't need numbers, folks. He needs one dedicated person to step up and say yes to God. That's it. God doesn't need a professional music team. I would love one. You guys would love one. He doesn't need it. We don't need it. We need to worship God in the beauty of holiness. That's what we need to do. And in some, in some ways, I think this is good for us. Because there may be a time coming, folks, where we can't get a, a, a full band together. With equipment and, and facilities and all that. We might be meeting in a cave. We might be meeting in the, in the woods at 2 in the morning. Who knows? Can't bring the drum set. It's too big. We could keep it out in the woods, cover it with a tarp maybe. Worship is what's commanded. Worship is what pleases God. However we do that is fine. Again, I prefer all the bells and whistles. I love that. You guys love it. We don't need it. God doesn't need it. What we need to do is worship. God doesn't need any particular person or skill or talent. If you say no, if I say no, he'll just keep looking. Someone's going to say yes, folks. And when God finds that person, he's going to move. God doesn't need young, old, families, children, men or women. He just needs someone to step up and say yes to him. That's it. Yeah, but... Preacher, I've, I've said yes. I've done all kinds of stuff for God. Amen. I'm not going to denigrate that. No. Thank you. Thank you for doing those things. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for allowing God to use you in those times. Absolutely. But respectfully, sir, ma'am, that was then. This is today. And we're still here. Now, not all of us can do everything that we used to do. We get that. We understand that. Okay? But there are things that we can do. We can pray. We can study. We can maybe teach a Bible study. There are things that every one of us can do. I heard a preacher say one time that when all the rewards are passed out in heaven... There are going to be a lot of big-name preachers that are surprised at how little they actually get and how much Sister Grandma so-and-so in the church of 15 in the country church is going to get because she stayed continually before the Lord, praying and fasting, praying for people, praying for preachers, praying for this, for that. Amen. I'll bet there are going to be some people surprised. Other people, I I hope they're not surprised. Because uh, there are some people that are faithful. And they do great things for God. Not maybe up here. But is this really where the work of God happens? No. No, good grief, no. Out there is where the work of God happens.
that's where the rubber meets the road. When we get in contact with sinners and we introduce people to Jesus Christ, folks, God has been so good to me. He has been so very good to me. How could I not share that with someone else? He's been good, folks. Really good. In the tough times and in the good times, He's been good to me. His grace has been so powerful, so overwhelming. In Deuteronomy 28, it says, These blessings shall shall overtake you. I think that's a good phrase to use, a good word to use. Overwhelm me. Bury me. That's how I feel sometimes. God fights for his people. God builds his church. All we have to do is submit ourselves to God. When he tells us to do something, we do it. When he tells us to stop, we stop. Just like they did in the wilderness. We can do that. But God is the one that does the work. God is the one that gives the victory. God is the one that builds this church. And God is the one that gets all the glory and all the praise. Amen. In conclusion, Isaiah 54, 1-3 again. I want to read that again. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Here's how I read that for me personally. I can apply it to the church as a whole, but let's apply it to individuals. There are some people that I've spoken with, they've lamented, I've been living for God for five years, ten years, twenty years, and I've not won one person to the Lord. I think that is lamentable. But then I, I read this. I read this, this verse right here. And we have a promise, folks. If you haven't ever won anyone to the Lord, you're about to. In Jesus' name, you're about to. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. We're going to be planting churches in these cities that have no churches. Because it's going to break forth so fast and so powerfully, it's got to spill out somewhere. We're not going to be able to hold them here. So let's send them somewhere else. Praise God. I want to see that happen. We're getting a promise right now, folks. It's time to cast fear and doubt aside and begin to trust wholly in the Lord our God and in every word He has spoken. It's time to acknowledge that our God, He is a man of war and that He is the one who will gain the mastery over our enemy. We must not listen to what the enemy says because he's a liar and the truth is not in him. We must listen to Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Listen to Jesus, folks. Listen to the covenant promises He's given you. Disregard anything else. Disregard everything else. We must recognize that our role and responsibilities before God in the battle for the cross 
We have responsibilities in this battle, the battle for our families, the battle to grow our church. But we must also recognize that it is God who has committed to fight for us, and it is God who has promised to build his church and to add to his church such as should be saved, and it is God who will draw all men unto himself. Amen. Let's all stand. I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm jacked. I'm excited because God's about to break forth, folks. I don't know if it's tomorrow, next week, next month. I mean, you know, we always say Jesus is coming back soon. Well, what does that mean? I've been saying that for 100 years. But he is coming back soon, folks. And every day that passes, it's one day sooner. Amen. I don't know exactly when this is going to take place, but I felt led to preach this. So I'm believing God that this is what's going to happen. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. Amen. Praise God. So let's just all lift up our hands. Let's worship God and let's thank him for what he, what he is about to do in our midst. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are giving you all the glory. We're giving you all the honor. We are worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We are worshiping the Lion of the tribe of Judah in this place today because it is you who fights our battles for us. It is you who comes up against the enemy and gives us victory. Hallelujah, Jesus. It is you who builds your church. It is you who adds daily such as should be saved. It is you who draws all men unto himself. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We laud and we magnify you. We lift up the mighty name of Jesus Christ in this and in every place. Every place that the sole of our foot steps on. Every, every inch of ground that we walk upon. We're claiming in Jesus' name. We're declaring the goodness of God, the authority of God in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We're declaring you, thou most high God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That you, Lord Jesus, using your people, working with your people, speaking through your people, will establish the spirit in the spiritual bedrock of this county, your work, your kingdom. We're praying, God, that your kingdom would come, that your worth would be done in La Crosse County as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, Jesus. That your will would be manifest here, that you would rule here, thou most high God, and that all men would declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have this promise of you that you're about to do a great work, that you're about to do a mighty work in this city, that the prayers and the supplications of the ministers, the saints that have gone forth before us are being answered. You're working them out for your, for your glory, for the advancement of your kingdom. We're standing on every covenant promise you've given us. We're, faith, we're, we're placing our faith and our hope and our confidence in you, in you only, that you will do a mighty work here that you will do a mighty work through us. But, Lord Jesus, you need someone to say yes. You need someone to say yes to you, that they will be used of you. Lord Jesus, if no one else says, I say yes to you. I will be used of the Lord my God in any way that you desire. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, I am. I am an unprofitable servant, doing only that which is required of me. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, and I am, I am so happy and thankful and content to be that. Because you saved my soul. You delivered me from the bondage of sin and death. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am saved. I am delivered. I am restored because of you. 
I have all things because of you. Everything that I need is wrapped up in you. Everything I desire is you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Work through your body, I pray, mightily and wondrously. Place within each of us a fervency, a desire, a passion to do the work of God in accordance with the will of God for our lives. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless us as we go our separate ways. I pray, Lord, that we would walk with you. That we would walk with you this week. That you would bless us. That you would move and speak and work through us. Your work, your will, your way. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.